This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit biblicallliferecoverycenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? This is Reflections of the Lighthouse. I'm Pastor Brandon, and with me is Pastor Dwayne Modlin. And today's podcast is on rebellion. Our last podcast was on pride, Dwayne. Yeah. And pride and rebellion are very similar. Mm -hmm. One leads to the other. Yep. Why? Rebellion is actively choosing to trust something other than God, um, which leads to pride. Most of the time, the person you're going to end up trusting, if you're not trusting God, is yourself, your own thoughts, your own will, your own way. Um, And that's how often they are interconnected. So I see pride, rebellion, and fear all is very similar. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all methods of self-protection in our life. Yeah. And when we are so focused on self-protection, we're not focused on God. No. So, I mean, our our community is just filled with fear. Yeah. Um, people walk into Walmart and they're terrified that someone's going to breathe some disease on them or that someone's going to attack their kids or... Um, I mean, it's crazy. We, we've got people locking themselves in their house and never leaving because of self-protection, yeah. which is which is sin, which is rooted in fear mm-hmm. and not that God is going to protect us. Mm-hmm. It's unbelief in God. It's It's protecting our own self without the need for God in our life. Yeah, um, which is really the opposite of humility, isn't it? Mm. Um, humility is uh, putting ourselves up and trusting God with our lives. I think Paul makes this clear in Philippians chapter 2 um, when he says, have this mind or attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not e- regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself and made himself nothing. Um he laid aside his rights and trusted his father. Pride is not trusting in the father. Rebellion is actively pursuing things other than and trust in the father. Trusting something else. We can see this in a lot of different ways. So um, fear of exposure, fear of consequences, fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, withdrawing, people-pleasing, Minimizing our sins, escaping, denying, avoiding, blame shifting. Oh, nobody does that. We could go on and on, my friend. Nobody blame shifts. Uh, It is all me trying to control my world in rebellion without Christ. Yeah, and and that would be our pride, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to control my world, trying to... Uh, put all the pieces together to make my world just like I want my world. But the truth is, I can never do that. Yes. So it leads to depression and sin and rebellion and 
most of all fear. Yes. Because you start understanding you can't control and in you not being able to control, you feel like you are losing control. So somebody who wants to be in control starts losing control. What happens? They start this protection yeah. cycle. Yeah, they want to try to regain that control of their lives. And honestly, some of the guys that come in here, this is why they come into our program, is they want to try to regain control. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things to break down. It, it really is. And, and to walk a guy through that the, the reason you're here is because you tried to control your life. You tried to control the pain. You tried to control the hurt. You tried to escape from it. And then you realized you couldn't. One of the reasons this is so hard is because although it is sin, it's not seen as sin. Yeah. Our our, our, our American culture is, is that rebellious, protect yourself, protect your family, gods and guns. And, and don't be talking about my guns. Uh -huh. But... But where where is where is trusting in God, mm -hmm. rather than creating this this illusion of self protection? Reality is, you can have all the guns in the world, yep. and you can have all the razor wire, and you can have all the protection and the video cameras, and if God allows it, it'll happen. It will happen. So so this extreme self protection is is rooted in rebellion and it is sin against the holy god yeah and you end up in this cycle cycling and this is what we see again with a lot of our guys who are struggling with addiction coming into the program uh, people wonder why why do why do these guys keep relapsing why do they keep cycling through programs and doing things like this it's this self-protection um i'm i want to be in control my life is out of control I want to regain control. So, and, and then they try to regain that control and they think they've got it a little bit. And then what do they do? They go back out and they try to keep that control. And then they realize again, I can't control that. Yeah, for sure. It, the, the cycle to protect is, is, is so strong sometimes. Now I, I want to back up just a minute and say, we are not anti-gun. We are not anti-protecting our families and, and those things. Amen. But when it's obsessive yes. and when it's life controlling yeah. and when fear rages in our heart because of it, it is sin. That that That's a different issue, yes. Yep. But there's hope, Pastor mm -hmm. Dwayne. There's yes. hope in facing our sin. That's the most amazing thing about our Savior. Yeah. Uh, we encourage people to face their sin by first off acknowledging it, repenting, turning from their sin, and then adding accountability into their life so that they don't return to it. Yeah. Uh, the first step is hard. Yes. The the second and third step, which are interconnected because repent means to turn. Mm -hmm. um, what, what happens oftentimes is we apologize. Right. I've we, seen it all the time. We say we're sorry. And then we turn around and do the same thing over again. There, there's three Greek words used in the New Testament for repent. And the idea here is, is that my mind, my will, my emotions, my heart, even my body will turn from that to Christ. That's what true repentance means. I turn from this to 
Christ. But Pastor Duane, I've tried to do that and I just can't do it. Here's an here's a, a thing I try to walk through with my guys sometimes is the closer you are to your sin um, in committing it in relation to that sin, the bigger the sin looks, right? So when we begin to turn from our sin and begin to walk towards Christ, what happens? We get further removed from that thing and what happens? It begins to look smaller and smaller, smaller, and smaller, and Christ gets bigger, bigger and, bigger. and bigger to us. Um, and I, I think we go through that process, right? Sometimes I, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I've laid things down at the cross before. Mm -hmm. And before the day was out, I tried to pick it up again. Yep. Well, look at Lot's wife. I, you know, I can't fault Lot's wife for turning back because we all do that. Yeah. But Philippians 4.13 is an amazing verse. It, it tells us that God gives us a gift. Yes. His strength through the Holy Spirit is available for those who love him and are called according to his Amen. purpose. Amen. And, and one thing I want to encourage our people listening today is just because you fail, it doesn't make you a failure. What makes you a failure is when you fall down and refuse to get back up. Mm -hmm. You're going to fall down. Yes. I'm going to fall down, Brandon. I'm not going to always get it right. There's going to be times I'm rebellious. And I know that's hard to believe, mm. but it happens. Daily. And I have to get back up daily. You know, I, I love the scripture says a, a righteous man may fall down seven times, but what does he do? He gets up. He gets up. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling right now, with an issue in your life and you feel like you keep falling, keep getting back up and yep. God is going to give you the strength to stand and walk away eventually. Sometimes God has a bigger purpose. Yeah. Um, there's a passage in Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. It says this. Um, we're talking about the children of Israel. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 days, these 40 years. Yeah to humble and test you, to know what was in your heart and whether or not you would keep his commands. God allowed the children of Israel a 40-year struggle, walking through the desert and sand. I hate sand. It sticks to every I don't like crack and crevice of your body. Imagine having to live in it for 40 years for the purpose of God testing their hearts to see if they would follow him. Maybe the struggles that people are going through that are listening to this podcast are a result of God wanting to know where their heart lies. Yeah, I, I think God knows. I think because he's all-knowing, um, we got to be careful here um, in, in understanding the characteristics of God, his attributes, um, is he wants us to know. Yeah. Right? Um and this group of people were the complainingest, grumblingest group of people. Um, I, I, I've pastored local churches, and I will not name any here, but I have worked at some places where they were the complainingest, grumblingest people. And I tell the guys all the time here, if you continually grumble and complain at God's provisions, you will walk around the desert 
until you get it. Hmm. One of the biggest complaints is what you only give me cereal for breakfast. Oh Lord, don't even get me started. <laughs> when I first started, Brandon, the first thing one guy came up to me, two guys came up to me. Can can you get us new mattresses? Can we get some new mattresses? And I'm like, where have you slept before? Mm-hmm. Have you slept on concrete? Yeah. Have you slept in a tent in the cold? Yeah. Be thankful. Mm-hmm. Rebellion in Scripture is often seen and compared to as witchcraft. witchcraft. We see that in 1 Samuel 15. God takes this really seriously. Yeah. Like, really seriously. I think it's so important to see how how God ties what we think is just a common thing yeah. to a very serious offense against God. And I think he connects it to witchcraft because it is the very nature and character of Satan himself. Okay? And, and, and this is why it's connected to witchcraft. You are acting like that great rebeller, Satan. And what did God do to the great rebeller? He threw him out. Mm-hmm. He humbled him. You're going to eat the dust, he tells him. So so I, I think we, we, we got some time left. I think I'd like to talk, hear a little bit about your personal testimony of rebellion and how God has brought you from that to where you're at now, you know, a theologian leading an addiction ministry. Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, about your journey from rebellion to here? Yeah, and, and I still struggle with rebellion, um, and, and I think I will until the day I die. And I'm thankful God's so gracious to me. Um, well, my life started out pretty rocky to begin with. I was born to drug addicts. Uh, my mom was clean while I was uh, in the womb. So I, I didn't have to deal with addiction coming out of the womb. Praise the Lord for that. But m- my mom ended up leaving my dad, who was in the Army, who was a heroin addict, and went AWOL and was arrested. He was abusive to her. She was able to get away and come back to the States. We were in Germany. Um, and um, she came to Christ. Um, watching Billy Graham mm-hmm. on TV, bowed the knee to Christ. Um, got remarried to a guy in the church, but he ended up being abusive, mainly to me. Um, I remember I was about 12, 11 or 12. Uh, we were uh, just come back from, I'm from the South, North Carolina. We like to fish and we like to hunt. Uh, so I was coming back from dove hunting and uh, he slapped me as soon as I walked in the door. I pulled up my shotgun, stuck it in his face. It was loaded and began to pull squeeze on the trigger and almost killed him uh, thankful to God that that did not happen but he never touched me again um, because he was scared I would um, uh, going through that abuse going through those things I was hard Brandon I was angry I was bitter life wasn't fair and it really wasn't uh, I didn't ask for this I didn't ask to be born into this I didn't ask for any of these things um, that happened to me, but I was so angry. I hated God, didn't want anything to do with God because it was God who put me in this mess in my mind. Right. And so I ended up in the world of addiction. 
um, using any and everything I could, alcohol, uh, heroin, cocaine, but I really fell in love with um, psychedelics, shrooms, and acid, and began uh, road down addiction. Um, there was times, uh, I'll share one story. There was a time I remember I was partying and at this house, and I woke up the next morning naked in a ditch a mile and a half from the house and had to walk down the road, a major highway, naked to get to the house and didn't remember anything that happened. Um, my life was spiraling out of control. Um, and I knew I'd end up in prison or dead. Um, get to around 18, 19 years old, I do OD. And here's the amazing thing. God was gracious to me because my grandmother woke up in the middle of the night not knowing what was going on and just had a desire to pray for me. Uh, and she prayed for me that night. And um, I believe God saved my physical life that night. I wish I could say I came to Jesus right then, Brandon, but I didn't. Um, I saw my grandmother a couple of weeks later, and she asked, what happened on such and such day? I'm like, how do you, how do you know? And she told me, well, I woke up in the middle of the night, and God gave me a desire to pray for you. I said, Jesus is telling on me now? Jesus is telling on me to my grandma. Come on, Jesus. I wish I could tell you right then I came to Jesus Christ, but I did not. Uh, it took some months later, and the Holy Spirit radically invaded my life. And I bowed the knee in my bedroom by myself to Jesus Christ. And God started me down a journey of changing my life. I wish I could tell you right then I gave up every drug and every drop of alcohol. But I would do good for a couple of months. I'd be in church. I'd be in the Word, be praying. And then I would go through a relapse or um, binge and bingers are worse than those who regularly use because you end up using more at a time. And that's what I was doing. And this went on for a while. And finally, I heard about a program and a uh, Christian program, went to that program and got discipled. And God just totally revolutionized my life. But it was a process for me, Brandon of being in rebellion against God, hating God, and then finding out that even though I hated God, God loved me. Deeply loves us. I, man, how radical is that? And then he pursued me. I didn't pursue him. He pursued me. People say, I found Jesus, and I ask, uh, was he lost? Hmm. I, I thought you were. He pursued me, and I, I will be forever grateful for that. But in that cycle I was going through that we've talked about in podcasts, that, that relapse cycle, um, rebellion, God continually began to break me from that and break that cycle in my life. Um, and I think it was because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I didn't want to wander in the desert for 40 years. Mm -hmm like the Israelites. So, so you didn't find help through a 12-step program? I did not. I found help through the gospel. 
um, your your addiction didn't you didn't find a cure for your disease of addiction? No, I, I found healing. Hmm. Um, I say those things in jest. I, I, I know you do, and, and we're at the same place in that. I I, I believe who the sun sets free hmm. is actually free indeed. Yeah. Um, and, and I've experienced that in my own life, Brandon. Um, I'm a testimony to the freedom that Christ offers people who are struggling in rebellion, in addiction, in sin, that God will radically change your life. And he'll give you the best life. Listen, I'm a high school dropout who has a doctoral degree now. I have an undergrad, two master's degrees, and a doctoral degree. I could barely read when I got saved. Do you see what God can do with a messed up junkie? Hmm. Praise the Lord for that. So if you're struggling with rebellion, if if Pastor Dwayne's story resonated with you, we, we want to talk to you. Uh, we want you to examine your heart. We want you to ask for help. Um, get serious about your sin and seek forgiveness and restoration. Um, reach out to your local pastor, Google biblical counselor near me, or just contact us at the lighthouse, www.biblicalliferecoverycenter.com. Send us a message. There's a link on our website for prayer requests. We would love to chat with you to connect you with resources in your area. Or if you're local here, we'd love to get you in for a tour and just find out what God's doing in your life, how we can help, because there is only true help found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he offers it. From our rebellion. To redemption. To redemption. Thank you for sharing, Pastor Dwayne. This has been Reflections of the Lighthouse. On a side note, we want to invite you to our Poverty Summit that is going to be held on April 18th. Now, what is a Poverty Summit? Well, the Lighthouse is hosting this to be able to bring all of our pastors, missionaries, um, community workers, uh, church members in to understand what poverty looks like in our community. We're partnering with our the Shepherds Community Center from Indianapolis for a two-hour summit event where we're going to talk about what what God wants us to do in the world of poverty in our community. And then we're going to share a little bit about what the lighthouse is doing in this in this realm and um hopefully together through through this effort we can we can make a difference in our community for the gospel of Jesus Christ and help our community members who are struggling. I'd love to see you on April 18th at six o'clock for this two hour free event.